Hi everyone and welcome to Be True, my podcast about the writing I love and the writing I do. Well, I promise I won't rhyme the whole time. <laughs> it's fucking Ronald Reagan. I'm John Tessitore and today an excerpt from Beneath the Manhattan Bridge, Just Before Sunrise, a longer poem published in my brand new pamphlet on self-expression after the revolution. You can find it and all my work at johntessitore.com. On Self-Expression After the Revolution is a punk pamphlet, and I mean that literally. It's inspired by the attitudes of downtown New York in the previous century, a combination of resistance and nihilism and hope, like all the best punk. At least I hope it is. And like almost everything I do, it's a DIY creation, like an old punk mixtape or a mimeographed fanzine, only this one is poems and pictures. If I could... I'd try to hand you a copy as you walk by, like a flyer or a takeout menu. On the back cover, I call it a humanistic cry, a plea for a new body politics, a song of resistance in the shadows and glare of corporate capitalism. I like that description, but it's a mouthful. A simpler, punkier title may have been fucking in New York. (laughs) I will explain. If there were ever a time for a massive pushback, a massive punk resistance, it's now. As I've said before on this podcast, the number of threats to our dignity as individuals, as humans, is growing by the minute. Censorship, corporate manipulation, obscene wealth inequality, AI, social media algorithms, institutional racism and sexism, legalized disenfranchisement, the revival of good old-fashioned American fascism, the resurrection of religious fundamentalism, the convenience of climate denial, the both-sidesism of the media. These are not conspiracy theories. These are the facts of our lives. Demonstrable, quantifiable, verifiable, And something's got to give. I know you feel it too. Something's got to give. On self-expression after the revolution is a pamphlet that tries to figure out where and how we start to push back. And the following part of the longer poem, Beneath the Manhattan Bridge, Just Before Sunrise, seems to summarize a possible answer. I have avoided so much danger and ignored so much romance. Now I wish I had made the clean, flat surface of my own past just a little dirtier. Now I wish I had been there, in the action, somewhere. This is the allure of graffiti for me as I get older, better late than never, and realize just how little I've done and left behind that says in no uncertain terms, John was here. How bare has been my legacy, how many missed opportunities, how quickly the energy fades. Yet even now I know my priorities and wouldn't stoop to spray my name in bubble letters or trace a hasty cartoon on the base of the overpass. No, my tag would be your body, naked and white in the diode glow of this New York night, hair tangled, rain spangled, or like a disco ball at twilight after the first convulsions of love have passed and the restless dancers have, for a moment, found rest. Now I wish I had made the clean, flat surface of my own past just a little dirtier. This is definitely the wish of someone speaking from a position of 
comfort, <laughs> whose past wasn't particularly traumatic. I hesitate to say it's the perspective of privilege, because that word is overused these days, but it's definitely the perspective of comfort. Only a guy sitting in an easy chair, whose life is basically intact, thinks, I didn't break enough shit when I was young. I wish I'd made some waves. <laughs> or, <laughs> even better, only a guy like that, bourgeois, burdened, compromised, maybe guilt-ridden, asks, is it too late to make some waves? <laughs> if you have to ask. And it's a strange regret. I didn't make enough trouble. I didn't make enough noise. I didn't spray enough graffiti. And yet I do regret it. I didn't make enough trouble. By following the rules, keeping relatively quiet, leaving all the clean, flat walls clean and flat, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. And to show for my effort or lack of effort, I live in a certain amount of comfort today. Isn't that the plan? Isn't that the ideal? Isn't that the American dream? Isn't that what we're all supposed to do? What's to regret? You see where I'm going with this. I did exactly what I was supposed to do, and that's the problem. Supposed to do. Says who? That may be the question of our time. Says who? It's the punk question. Who sets the standards for my life? Who sets the standards that we follow without question? Who has that authority? To whom did I give that authority? The punk move is to claim the authority for oneself. Ability, artistry, education, musicianship be damned. The punk sets his or her own standards. I did not do that. The opening line of this very poem, Beneath the Manhattan Bridge, is, I would not have been there when the Mercer caved in. That's a reference to the Mercer Arts Center, one of the first punk concert halls of New York in the early 70s. The Mercer collapsed one day in 1973 after decades of neglect and disrepair, killing four people. It happened the year before I was born, just across the East River in Brooklyn. But even if I'd been old enough, that is, in the right place at the right time, which I almost never am, there's no way I'd have been at the Mercer anyway. There's just no way. I'd have admired the energy of the early punk scene from afar, as I do now. I'd have looked on longingly, as I do now. I'd have romanticized all the trouble, as I do now. And I'd have continued to follow received standards from a safe distance, not standards I set for myself, as I do now. Let me go back to that happy list I started with. Censorship, corporate manipulation, obscene wealth inequality, AI, social media algorithms, institutional racism and sexism, legalized disenfranchisement, the revival of good old-fashioned American fascism, the resurrection of religious fundamentalism, the convenience of climate denial, the both-sides-ism of the media. These are the received standards of our day. And I'm supposed to accept them. But for whose benefit do I accept them? Says who? Says the system, right? The machine that runs on its own, in perpetual motion, self-replicating, totalizing, buying and selling, buying and selling, buying and selling, and eliminating anything that gets in the way of buying and selling, too often by any means necessary. As I get older, I have no regard for the system, at all, anywhere, in any form. The system runs on raw power, raw economic power most of all, and it is death to the individual and to humanism more generally. It controls what we learn, what we see, how we vote, what we believe, and does so for the profit of the few. The system may even control who and how we love, but I'm not willing to give up that fight just yet. And that's what this poem and this pamphlet on self-expression after the revolution 
are really about. They're about the fight for love as the basis of our humanity, and about preserving love as our own private purview in an otherwise dehumanizing and unloving age. Your body, naked and white in the diode glow of this New York night. That's the bunker, the barricade, the front in the struggle. That's where we must stand our ground. Personal loving relationships and intimacy of every sort. They're the opening salvo in the revolution, or else they're our last stand. Either way, they're worth the fight. Through love and intimacy, we claim ourselves as people and support each other as individuals. By fucking in New York, we begin again, or else we go down in a blaze of glory. I say that from a position of comfort, having followed the system and its standards for so long and so successfully that I'm not at risk of losing my comforts, at least not anytime soon. And yet, more and more, I see my comfort as failure, too, as perpetuating the system, as complicity in the lie of the powerful. I have been a cog for so long that the only thing I can do right now is to love as honestly and as openly as possible and thereby be more human every day and let that love, that humanity, be the weapon. Maybe the only weapon I have left. And so, in the hope that you can join me in this very human kind of resistance, this is John Tessitore concluding another installment of Be True. If you've listened this long, thank you. You can find On Self-Expression After the Revolution and all of my work at johntessitore.com. But first, the Ramones' first record, Ramones, from 1976. It sounds just as crazy and furious and snotty and freaky and funny and weird and wistful and right and wrong and confused and unapologetic today as it did when it was recorded. Maybe it can be a model for all of us. Special thanks to me for today's theme music, which I call E-Chord. Maybe we'll talk again. And if you enjoyed this little podcast, leave some stars or a review and tell your friends. In the meantime, I gotta feed the dog. Well, all right, Luna, I'm coming. Fucking Reagan. <laughs>